Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 170. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. PlayStation. PlayStation. No Dom this week, unfortunately. He will be back next week. Today, we are covering the Game Awards slash State of Play <gasps> that happened this week. Uh, I guess we'll start at the front with the State of Play. Um, and this is going to be like covering everything. reaction to the Game Awards, Jared? Yes, a reaction. Uh, so really quick, this didn't technically happen at the state of play, but it happened the night before it was basically revealed that MLB, the show, which is PlayStation's exclusive baseball franchise would be coming to other consoles in 2021. Um, it isn't really clear why this move is being made. It's a good move because obviously it's the premier (coughs) baseball game, uh, in the game industry and it's only been exclusive on PlayStation. There are some rumblings that it was either... A, the license price went up, so PlayStation found it in their best interest to just publish it on other consoles since it is, like, the premier baseball game. Other people assume it might have been the opposite way where the MLB wanted to have a product on all the consoles because they keep hearing from fans that they're not getting, like, quality baseball games on Xbox or the Switch. So they might have been like, hey, we'll give a kickback if you, you know, start publishing it on these other platforms. Um, Either way, I think this is the best way it could have possibly worked out. Oh yeah, I, I there's no complaints. If you're if you're one of the people who is like in that weird niche where uh, you fit the the crossover of being a PlayStation diehard, a base and a baseball diehard, and you're mad about this, it's like, come on, man. You know, um, statistically, I mean, we get you know Sony San Diego gets good gets to continue making the game which gives them you know something to do um and sony gets to continue having it be published by them i guess exactly um, and then obviously the you know consumers with consoles that aren't called playstation will have uh have an actual baseball game you know which is kind of ridiculous that something that broad has been exclusive to one single console Uh, yeah xbox has gone like rbi baseball but it's nowhere near the product like not even close and people say that and i'm i don't want to like dunk on you here jared but that's not anything that's like that's like if i was talking about need for speed heat and you're like oh yeah i've been playing asphalt on mobile yeah i mean it's it's the only other yes they're both driving games technically yes they're both baseball games but it's like that's not a professional. It's not the same as like Madden versus NFL 2K, you know. Well, um, partially because it is officially a whole licensed. Different thing. RBI baseball is officially, is officially licensed, 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 but it's like yeah. it's it's like backyard baseball chibi characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not near the quality of. It's MLB not a real baseball show. game, you know. What yeah, I mean? it's not a real uh, uh, major league baseball simulator. It'd be the equivalent of if. Uh, you know NBA Playground, that NBA game that's like on Switch. Right, right. If NBA 2K was exclusive to Xbox and PlayStation and Switch got oh, NBA yeah, Playground, yeah, play, Playground, yeah, which is exactly like a shittier version of Jam. Exactly. Um, it's cool because I think finally that game will get recognized as well because yeah, every year it releases and it gets really stellar reviews and it seems trapped on the PlayStation in a way that makes it so when awards come up and just when people talk about the best sports games, they don't really talk about MLB The Show for some reason just because it's stuck on PlayStation. I think partially, unfortunately for baseball fans, the reality of the situation is 
Uh, baseball is currently, like, I think the third most popular sport in the United States, and it has been for a while. Um, the NFL has always been king, and the NBA has quickly ascended to the rank of number two in the United States. So I think it's just good that the the good number of baseball fans that are out there, no matter if you're on Xbox or Nintendo Switch, will finally be able to play the premier baseball game, you know? So right, it's good. Right, right, right. And it'll come for 2021 is, uh, you know, right when we're hitting the the road with next gen, which we'll get into later when we talk about the game awards. Um, Next up, specifically at State of Play, there was three like major things. One of them we'll just save to talk about during the game awards because it was teased during State of Play, which is Ghost of Tsushima. They have this really Mm -hmm. weird teaser at the end uh, that was a brief like cinematic uh, trailer glimpse that happens at the beginning of the actual trailer for the game awards and then it cuts and it says to be continued see at the game awards so really wasn't much there um and the other two things of note were a the kingdom hearts 3 recoded dlc which was leaked before the state of play happened so it kind of took the wind out of the sails on that one but people are excited because uh you finally get to play as Kyrie, right her name yes Yes, Kyrie. I was making, I was checking with you, the resident Kingdom Hearts right. guy, if I got her name correct. Right. And there's obviously a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the interesting thing about the DLC is it's arriving on PlayStation 4 on January 23rd, and it's coming to Xbox a month later, which is weird. Weird. Because um, it's not it's not it's not even like it's posed as coming first to PlayStation. It's not one of those things. It just seems like they prioritized the PlayStation version. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a deal. Wasn't like uh. Go ahead, finish. Uh, I wasn't gonna say much more. I was gonna transition. Word, word. Um, I gotta say, Jared, this is finally the reason. The release date itself is finally the reason for me to finish. Literally, like the last. Same with Control. Like, you know, I'm like on the last chapter of those games, and I was just like, "Fuck you!" It walked away. Right? I was yeah. done with that shit. At least for. A while, indefinitely, you know, it wasn't necessarily forever, but yeah, this is finally because it was it was a disappointment. Kingdom Hearts three is a disappointment. There's no other way to put it. But um, somehow, I'm still hungry for a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> they got gotcha. you. Um, and the last thing, and this also had a lot of the wind taken out Sorry, of the sales. Not a bad game, by the way. I said it was a disappointment. It's a decent game, but it's just not anywhere near where it should be and certainly not anywhere near like birth by sleep or kingdom hearts 2 yeah uh so this other uh, the last announcement the major announcement for it was kind of spoiled by the internet because well actually the playstation store because box art of this game leaked onto the playstation store and that's resident evil 3 remake um it was revealed it started with the first person trailer of jill running away from it looks like Mr. X because they teased Nemesis at the end of the trailer. So it seemed like she was running specifically for Mr. X at the beginning of this. And also, it's in first. You, you mentioned Nemesis. The There's no Nemesis in the title, which is weird because that's the original title. It's Resident Evil 3. Nemesis. Nemesis. Resident yeah. Evil, by the way. Still pisses me off when I'm listening to podcasts all the oh, time. Oh, Resident Evil. All I hear is Resident Evil, Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're probably doing that, I think, for clarity because Resident Evil 2 Remake sold so well. It recently came out that it sold more than the original. It hit 5 million copies sold. And Resident Evil was very popular back in the day, but now with current audiences, there was a worry that it could be niche because of horror, right? 
and Resident Evil 2 Remake showed that it was very popular. And I think right. there's no point to have put Nemesis on the third game. I don't think it's necessary, you know? Oh, I don't think it's necessary either, and I think... It's the only mainline game, 1 through 7, that I can think of. 0 through 7 that has a subtitle. So, um... 7 has Biohazard, technically. Resident Evil yeah, 7 te- Biohazard. Yeah, in America, I yeah. guess it would be 3 and 7 that have the the subtitles. But, yeah. Um, I, it's Of course, everyone's talking about like what this means for the rest of the games. I think, honestly, Jared, 5 and onward were made in the high definition era so it's like really you need to remake 4 obviously which is going to happen 100% at this point if they're doing 2 and 3 they're doing the biggest game well I think RE heads and obviously I'm not super familiar with the franchise but from what I've heard from them is that Code Veronica I guess would be the next one up to bat for uh, a remake and then it would be 4 and then 5 through 5 and 6 I think would be most likely for a remaster as opposed to the remix we're getting with these games. I think they're you're right on there. the money with that, They're too. already on PS4 is the thing. So, here's the deal. Once we get... Uh, well, really, that's not even true. So, think about it this way. You have 0 and 1 just got... Uh, re- well, 1 had, like, two remakes, technically. Um, but they're in HD, right? Um, very similar style games, if you go back and play those on PS4. And then you have the the full-scale remakes with 2, 3, and then hopefully 4. And then, yeah, 5, 6, and 7 were made on either PS3 or PS4, so now that 5 and 6 have an HD up-res onto PS4, you have the entire series if they include if they end up doing Code Veronica. Those are really all the games that you need to do. My so wish really, would like be... Code Veronica and 4 is, is the last of the series that really needs to be taken care of, because, like, Revelations is in HD. They remade that from DS. Um, you know, all the big games that aren't like random, random ass spinoffs, those are are pretty much done at this point. Yeah, as somebody who's not a huge fan of the series necessarily, I would say that there could be an argument made that one could receive the modernized remake treatment of two and three um, just because it still feels oh, trapped in time. So there is an argument there. Like I said, they're they're kind of in their own space. Yeah. Because two is where it's you start getting the big full scale remake, and uh, it's it's kind of a misnomer there because Resident Evil One was remade. The game that we're playing, the bones of the game that we're playing, is really a GameCube remake, right? Yeah. The PS One title. So it's the PS One title is way different from what we're used to playing. Um, and then obviously they took that GameCube remake and remastered that. Really, it was yep. was what they did. I, they remastered it, but it was a it was a big step. It was one of those things that you could almost consider it like another remake, right? So, yeah. Um, there's that, and then RE Zero is basically just right where RE One is at as far as like how fidelity current in the in the current era. So. Yeah, I would love to see that one remade as well, but um, I'm just talking about as far as like high definition um, available on PS4 and I'm sure PS5. Um, the the series is kind of sitting pretty once they finish off those last two. It'd be cool if once they did, they had like a package thing of all of the games in one, like an yeah. RE pack. That'd yeah, like be dope. A hundred dollar package, something like that. 
Yeah. Uh, lastly, about Resident Evil 3, uh, it's going to come packaged with Resident Evil Resistance, which was Project Resistance, yeah. which was the multiplayer asymmetrical 4v1 mode we knew about. Uh, they recently announced the name of one of the four characters. His name's Martin Sandwich, because of course. Uh, the other thing that's surprising funny is... funny when they do Project, <clears throat> Project Octopath Traveler, Project Resistance, and then it's just Octopath Traveler, or just Resident Evil Resistance. Like, you... Why you didn't you even, even have the, <laughs> yeah. Why? It's not like Dolphin turns into GameCube, right? Or Revolution turns into Wii. Yeah. So one of the biggest surprises is that it's coming out April third, twenty twenty, and according to Imran Khan, who is a, a former employee over at Game Informer and has a lot of um, sources that the he talks to. Former. He, huh? The former informer himself. Yes, the former informer himself, Imran Khan. He actually mentioned that from what he heard. The original plan was for Remake 2 and 3 to be together in one yeah, package. Yeah. Yeah. And what ended up happening is there was development issues. They split them apart, and they started making them individually. So when people are, are wondering, like, wow, how did this game turn around so fast? RE3 Remake has been in development for, like, three years. So yeah. it's just that they were one package. They split Shit, them man. off. and Was it 2015 when they unveiled RE2 Remake? So, I mean, if they started on it then... That's closing on five years. By the time it comes out, that's f- almost five years. Uh, no, they that was it was like 2017 when they revealed RE2 remake because it was the kitchen demo and they're like, oh no, it's actually RE. Oh no, I'm thinking of RE7. Sorry, no, RE2 no. remake was announced at uh, I think 2017 too because I'm thinking of the Easy Allies reaction when it was the rat on the thing and the PlayStation controller. Just sitting here holding my card gonna play it now you know what it's called jared huh we do it <laughs> you remember uh, that no nah. 2015 resident evil 2 remake was unveiled and it was a japanese developer from the studio who pulled zips down a hoodie and it's a shirt that says we do it oh and you're talking about the resident announcement evil i'm 2. talking about i'm talking about the reveal of the game that's why i misunderstood well uh, yeah i mean that the announcement is when they start working on the game at least the the earliest we can verify that they were working on the game so if they were doing this as a double pack and when the guy says we do it in 2015 they start working on resident evil 2 and 3 remakes then that would mean that when it comes out in early 2020 that's almost five years that it's been in development yeah, my assumption to the maybe the three year rumor is it start probably started development around twenty fifteen and knowing Capcom and the issues they've had just like Square Enix, maybe it got retooled or started from the ground up or something, you know? Mm-hmm. At, at some point it probably got hard reset. Who knows? Um it's interesting. Either way, we do it. Yeah, <laughs> we do it. Um that's it pretty much for state of play. Let's get into the game awards here. I want to start off with the awards stuff and then we'll get into all the announcements. So in terms of the awards, we had some interesting things happen. One, uh, Disco Elysium took home the most awards with four. It won Best Dang. RPG, Fresh Indie, which was the award for an indie devel- uh, an indie studio's first game. <laughs> Fresh uh, Indie? It was it was sponsored by Subway. Um, Jesus Christ. Re- it won Regular Independent Game, and it won Best Narrative. So everyone who was worried about Death Stranding getting all of these nominations, Death Stranding won three awards. Uh Disco Elysium yeah. took home 
the the most with four. Still, still quite a few there, Death Stranding. Exactly, yeah. Uh, at Death Stranding, like I said, won three awards. They won Best Direction, Score and Music, and Mads Mikkelsen won uh, Performance. One thing I would have wanted to touch on here is one of the complaints that people had was how come they didn't have the Performance Award um, announced on stage with the with an announcer and had the person who won come up on stage like make a deal of it because it is a pretty cool reward for the industry and I do agree that we need to if we want to get the best talent available for video games we need to showcase the best talent we currently have you know my personal thing is I think the reason it was um, put towards a side award that they announced on the side stage is because Mads Mikkelsen wasn't there and. Yeah. People are like, oh, well, they could have done it and then somebody else could have walked on stage. And to, in my opinion, it's like, well, then it takes away from why people think it's so important. You know what I mean? Like if the performer who isn't – the performer who wins isn't there and isn't willing to like go up and accept the award, then what – it doesn't make it more worthwhile. You know what I'm, understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so I think that's why they relegated to there. I guarantee you, you know, Norman Reedus was there, which is cool. If he would have won it or Ashley Birch – uh, or um, the girl who plays the lead character in Control, which I can't remember her name off the top of my head. If any of them would have won it and they were there, uh, I think Jeff Keighley understands that they would have wanted him on stage. But I think he – obviously they know who wins before the award show goes live. And he saw that Mads Mikkelsen won it and he wasn't going to be there. And it's like, why would I want to do this award and not have the guy go up there? Because he's not here. You yeah. Know? So. Kiefer Sutherland did a speech uh, when he won as Venom Snake. Um, so, yeah. And I think the the last two award winners were the guy who played Arthur Morgan. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, he went up there and talked. The year before, I believe, was the, the developer woman who played uh, Senua, which we'll get to later. Uh, and I can't remember the year before that. But, yeah, so I think that's why they didn't really have it shown on stage. And lastly, the biggest news of all, the Dark Horse... Sekiro won Game of the Year, which is really dope. Um, it's was probably the Troy, only time... Did Troy you, Baker win it the year before? Uh, Sacrifice Lady? Maybe, yeah, for Uncharted? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Giving a speech. Maybe he was doing... Maybe he was presenting. Uh, I remember. Yeah, so Sekiro won Game of the Year. It's going to be the only time you ever see uh, Hiditaka Miyazaki on stage because the guy's very private and he doesn't really like to do... Uh, media stuff people are actually quite surprised he was there because he's not really into the whole like being on stage stuff um we talked about during the predictions jordan that this would probably be from's most likely chance to win the award Mm -hmm. just because um the competition there wasn't like the god of war this year or the breath of the wild or yeah the cyberpunk 2077 these like immaculate triple a well-designed games um, not that there wasn't well-designed games this year, but yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't crazy. Uh, I'm glad it won. The funny thing, so if RE2 Remake would have won, I, I wouldn't have been upset. It's like, cool, you earned it. It's just some weird thing inside of me of like, what does that say for the industry in general if a remake can win? It's like a weird thing. Like, I wouldn't be upset if it won, but I do have that thought on the back of my mind, you know? Weird. I still just feel that. Resident Evil 2 Remake specifically, more than anything else, is such a monumental remaking of that game that it deserves it. 
Yeah, I'm not, I don't think it doesn't deserve it. It's just like this weird thing to me of what the perception of that would be from people, you know? It'd be interesting to see how people would handle that. Um, it's, you know, people are expecting uh, maybe Death Stranding to win or uh, RE2 Remake. Uh, obviously, Control won IGN's Game of the Year before the Game Awards happened. So people wanted. are like, oh. What? Control wasn't one of the nominees for Game of the Year, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh. It was, yeah, it was Control, uh, Sekiro, Death Stranding, uh, Outer Worlds, and uh, RE2 Remake were the five nominees. It's weird, man, because, like, I, playing Control, I liked it a lot, and it was my most anticipated game for a year. Um, but I, I don't feel like it... I feel like it might end up being my game of the year just because both it and uh, Jedi Fallen Order were so kind of clunky. But uh, I don't feel like they deserve it, you know? It is a it is an off year, and I didn't go all the way in on Sekiro, so I can't say that's my game of the year. Yeah. And I didn't play Remake. It's, it's good for those guys, though. They turn out such excellent games at a high rate. People are joking that they wish that Miyazaki would have ended his uh, acceptance speech with saying Bloodborne 2 is on its way. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, no, he would have said, like, may the good blood guide your way. And then everybody's, yeah. like, pissing themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh, that's no, no. For... I, didn't, I didn't mean to, like, hype you guys up or anything. I just like Bloodborne is all. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the Game Awards stuff. There's obviously a bunch of other games won awards but those are the noteworthy ones because we have quite a bit of announcements and reveals to get through so i wanted to just focus on the more notable things that happened Sekiro winning game of the year obviously death stranding getting three awards and disco elysium cleaning house uh yeah so let's get to these announcements first up the pre-show started with a glimpse at the marvel ultimate alliance uh 3 x-men dlc that's coming out december 23rd it features gambit uh Gambit, uh, Jean Grey, Iceman, and um, I'm brain farting. Cable, sorry, and Cable uh, that are going to be introduced to the game. And it teased the Fantastic Four pack that's coming next summer, and it's called Something of Doom. So it's going to be interesting if that pack only includes nice. four characters, the four Fantastic Four members, or if it also includes a Doom alongside them. Um, it can include their kids as well. They have two children. Yeah, true. Um, it just, I'm, I'm curious to see if that's only four characters or if it's more. Uh, nothing to say there. Obviously, you've, you guys have heard Jordan and I talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and how if, you know, maybe at $40 we could have possibly thought about pulling the trigger, but we got to stick to our core values. I'm glad to use that phrase because I just think about myself like, <sighs> just sitting there with my finger on the trigger, like, waiting, waiting. <laughs> Um, so it was cool to see that at the beginning of the show, get that out of the way for the pre-show. I think it's a good pre-show announcement, um, but nothing more, nothing less. Next up, we had, this was a reveal that happened during, I want to say either Gamescom or, uh, the PC gaming show. The game was called Humankind. It's from Amplitude Studios and Sega. It's kind of like Civilization Revolution. The cool thing they announced for the yeah. Game Awards is that... You're not playing as a specific leader or conqueror from history. You're creating your own avatar. And based on the decisions you make throughout your playthrough, their look evolves. And they didn't specifically say this outright, but my assumption from what they talked about 
is that say you finish a, a, a playthrough, right, Jordan? And you have your guy at the end. He specifically looks and acts and decides the way you do, right? The way they were talking about evolving that system is maybe that character can be something that I can put into my game. Of like when I start up a game, I can choose a friend's character and put them in as one of my opposing uh, rulers, which would be really cool because it's a kind of like a custom experience of I'm not just playing against random AI opponents. I'm playing against Jordan's leader or Dom's leader, you know, so it's pretty cool. Interested to see where that goes. It's it looks accessible enough for consoles for that type of game. So that's why I'm really interested. It feels a little bit deeper in the sense of like actual civilization games or like Anno 1800. I might steer away, but the accessibility of it uh, looks like it might be something I want to dabble in. So interested to see where that goes. Next up was one of the more surprising fake out trailers. It started with this weird Spielbergy cartoon. Uh, it want to be animation of this little kid with this alien their best friends the alien leaves it cuts to 20 years later and then it's them coming back to earth and it's this group of like alien superheroes and it flashes as the game's called goddamn superhero because the kid asks what are you what are you and he's like i'm a goddamn superhero you're like okay that's a weird nintendo anime game and then travis touchdown breaks through the screen and it's the reveal of no more heroes 3 so yeah. people are wondering if it's going to take a page from Travis, uh, Travis Strikes Back, which was the kind of miss No More Heroes game that came out a year ago or two years ago that had a lot of little yeah. like other mini games in it. People are wondering Spin-off. if maybe this is taking that idea and putting a budget behind it. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, I know there's a good amount of people who love those No More Hero titles. I thought it was a cool reveal. Personally, have no interest in it, but uh, the reveal is cool. Um, next up, they... that we haven't heard anything about like no more heroes one and two on was it a switch exclusive? Maybe. Well, the so this game's, game? yeah, it's coming in 2020. I wonder if maybe it's one of those things that they want to wait until it's closer and maybe they'll do like a Bayonetta thing. Although obviously we're still waiting on Bayonetta three, but you know what I mean by yeah, that? Like the thing is, release them as a package forever. So that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. That, that's one thing that was missing. Maybe we can talk about it at the end. We'll save that for the end of things we were expecting to see and didn't see. Uh, and obviously, Bayonetta 3 is one of those games. Uh, next Certainly up, they revealed... <laughs> yeah. They revealed Joker for MK11. This one was interesting, um, not based on the, the trailer itself, but that after doing some research, when they initially announced Joker for MK11, he had a different design that people weren't really a fan of. And this yeah. uh, new design that they showed in the trailer alongside a Harley Quinn skin for Cassie Cage um, looked a little bit different. So Mortal Kombat fans, I don't know if they're excited about that because I don't know what the actual crossover is between Injustice players and Mortal Kombat players from a casual level. Obviously, you know, fighting game FGC players, there's a familiarity there because NetherRealm games play kind of the same-ish. You know, yeah, so I if feel you're like in the, pr- got to be a pretty strong tie there. Yeah, because um, obviously there's the the DC superhero stuff, and obviously a lot of people love Mortal Kombat. I'm interested if people who aren't really into superheroes are willing to dive into Injustice because they love Mortal Kombat and NetherRealm, or vice versa. It's really See, interesting. That lineage goes back even before Injustice to Mortal Kombat versus DC. Yeah, 
which is its own game, separate from Injustice. So I think that there's there's a history there, you know. Yeah, like if you're a fan of if you're somebody who follows Mortal Kombat, chances are you've dabbled with DC and found exactly, a love for that too. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, next up, we you just mentioned it, uh, Control. It's getting a it got a free Expeditions mm-hmm. mode, which seems yep. like a wave based exploration post game mode, which is cool. But the bigger which, announcement I and it's free. Could not which stop is cool. thinking about a mode like that while I was playing Control. I was like, man, give me an arena mode or a. a a horde mode or whatever you want to call it, you know. I love the tease of like a big monster, but not showing it. Sawy players who rush their console once they see that it's up and available for free, go to play it. They can like find out for themselves. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, yeah. The bigger the bigger announcement is we got a date for the first piece of DLC, which is called the Foundation. Yeah, the it's coming out March twenty sixth, which is not a great time uh, because there's a lot of stuff coming out then. But I don't know if people who are super interested in Control's DLC aren't going to take the time to play it. You know what I mean? I don't think they're going to, like, pause or forget about it. I think the people who are, like, super stoked on it are going to play it. Um, So it came out in August. Man, it would have been nice if they could have had that. I know they had the Expeditions thing, but it would have been nice to have that expansion before the end of this year. I think That would have been a cool shadow announcement. Shadow drop. I think that would have been more beneficial to the game itself. You know? Yep. Or even hitting in January. Like looking at the schedule for next year, nothing's really coming out in January. You know, and like hitting right there in the early time of the year would be really sweet. Yeah. It's also weird that they said expansion one. I was like, yeah. you're doing a season pass for Control. I feel like that's a game where you do like you do a bonus story expansion. You do the exped- expedition mode and some, you know, new game plus free updates or whatever. But I'm surprised they're doing a full, sounds like multiple expansion season pass. And I, I would guarantee I'd put money on control coming to Game Pass before the DLC drops, and people will be able to play the base game, and then it'll be a way for them to get people to buy the expansion as well. You know, I could yeah. totally see that happening. Dude, uh, that, other than like game of the year editions. It's always just the base game with Game Pass, right? Do they uh, do, I don't... even do Game of the Year editions? Like, so I'm trying to think of the games I've downloaded. Editions like remastered uh, stuff is that on Game Pass? Shadow of War is the Game of the Year edition with all the DLC. I'm going through nice. the games I've personally downloaded. Uh, that's a good question. So guess... You know what? I'm gonna do some research and find out. That's a that's a good thing to look into because I'm curious. I guess it probably just depends on the game that gets released. Yeah. I mean, if it, obviously, if it's a remastered, then it's going to be all the DLC Game of the Year edition. But if it's yeah Shadow of War, it probably just depends on the game if it's this generation, whether they put the whole pack on there or just the base game. It's a good question though. It's something I've never actually thought about. You know, so that's really cool that you get the Game of the Year edition of Shadow of War on Game Pass. Like. They don't have to do that. That could be a great gateway for them to sell more expansions by, you know, not giving you the, the full game for free, but giving you plenty for just your subscription price and then the extra you just, you know, if you really dig it. You, you uh, real quick, too, this is something I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about the awards. How crazy is it, Jordan, that Activision, for all of the money they put into their video games, their first and only Game of the Year award is Sekiro. <laughs> right. Yeah. As a publisher, that's crazy. It's, 
it's one of those things where it really has nothing to do with them. Exactly. They they did not. (laughs) They are not, you know, From was making Sekiro type games, obviously, we we all know that, well before Activision came along. Um, And luckily, it seems like Activision really had no creative control over this game. So, yeah, of course, the one game that they finally get their greasy paws off of is actually something artistic and good enough to to merit that. You know, I can't think of other Activision games. I'm sure there are other Activision games. The original Destiny was probably the closest I could think. To a game of the year contender? That's a seven. That's a swimming in sevens on its well, best day. But that's what I'm saying. I think that was their closest to a game of the year. Because you think about, yikes. I don't think if that's the best you got. Yikes. The thing though is you have to remember when Destiny first came out, people were like lauding the, the game design of it of being this like, sci-fi looter shooter like going crazy about it. Like the hype for that game was more palpable and grander than the actual game itself if that makes sense you know what i mean yes but the actual review scores and metacritic when it came out before taken king were was swimming in sevens yeah it was it was but a call of duty game is never going to win game of the year you know (laughs) yeah it was not final fantasy 14 before a realm reborn but destiny og definitely needed taken king to pull it out of its slump because you know it had like the four-hour campaign and um you know there's a whole story about how the game almost got like gutted a year before it came out and totally revamped so yeah yeah uh next up we actually got the first announcement of a playstation 5 title uh this is godfall it was described as a looter shooter or sorry a looter slasher so they're calling it a slusher uh it's the first game god almighty it's already bad enough that I have to hear the word Schluter. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe, you know, leave it to Gearbox. Leave it to Gearbox. Yeah, so Gearbox is publishing this game. It's developed by Crossplay. Uh, and looking oh, okay. at their catalog of games, they the only other game they've ever developed was a turn-based strategy card game called Duelist, which I remember Jesus. hearing about coming out. Not that it got, like, great reception, but I remember it coming out. So they don't have a huge track record. This game looks yeah. like it has a decent budget behind it. Uh, it's the first, like I said, it's the first game confirmed for P- PlayStation 5. It ended with the Godfall logo and saying PlayStation 5. Um, but it it's said going PlayStation 5 in their own font, not yeah. in what you would normally see, which is like Sony's PlayStation brand font. It's going. To, it was also uh, described as a launch exclusive for PS5 and PC. So this game will be coming to the next Xbox, which we'll leave till the end of the show. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Dude, um, that reminded me of uh, Sonic shit, whatever it was, a few years ago when it said NX at the end of its trailer before it was oh, yeah. the Switch. And they just put like their own logo, just like, you know, their own font of NX. and Sonic know, Mania, right? Sonic Mania. Well... No, that was no. the 2D one, right? Oh, yeah, it was uh, Sonic. It was the weird, like, dark one. What the hell is that called? Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I remember it had... <laughs> Nintendo didn't even, like, give them, like, here's a placeholder logo. They're like, okay, I guess we gotta... Uh, we gotta make stuff? our own. Yeah. Yeah, it was the one where you could create your own character, whatever game that was. 
Blessing always talks. Friend of the show, Blessing always talks about this damn game as if it was good. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm buying some time to look up the title of it. You know what, Jared? You don't have to buy anything because you're worth a million bucks. I'm glad to have you here on the show today, Jared. Uh, Sonic Forces, by the way, is the name of that game. Uh, there you go. What a weird title. Um, the other thing is uh, with this game, it makes sense that it is published by Gearbox considering it is a looter slasher. The way I would describe its art style, and I don't know if you saw this game. Words, you, Jared. Thank you for yeah. saying same multiple word version it's for me it's what you'd get if you mash together from a gameplay perspective borderlands 3 from an aesthetic mm. perspective code vein and destiny in terms of its armor um obviously not the quality of code vein i'm not trying to More diminish this game even than sci-fi though right yeah it's like real anime i'm just, i guess i'm just talking about like the armor too is like very grand um yeah. It's like it's, it's very 15. anime. It's it's I'm like, interested. Uh, Final Fantasy fifteen Kingslave. Yeah, I guess that would be more apt. That mixed with Code Vein, uh, and also the CG trailer that we saw for Babylon's Fall when it was originally unveiled at Square Enix's conference at E three. Kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, that was shown in State of Play too. I didn't mention that. Uh, right. But looks yeah, cool. that was also shown. Cool. Yeah, like platinum games looks cool. Yeah, if you're a platinum person, it they took the Dark Souls three aesthetic and put it into a uh, one of their games. Um, where were we at? Godfall, right? Was the last one we talked about. Real quick with uh, with Godfall, Jordan. Do you think it's a year exclusive or do you think it's like a six month exclusive? Because they specifically said launch exclusive um, for PS five and PC. Hell, it could be couple months i don't know um, yeah I, I wonder what gearbox track i don't know what's the did they have they done another console exclusive deal i'm trying to think of the games battleborn definitely not uh was bulletstorm when it originally came out interesting yeah, i don't remember um that but this is I one of those games though quick, Jared, with the title we have godfall and we also have Titanfall. So, like, when are we gonna see that that crossover game? God, gods God and Titanfall. Titans, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. This is one of those games that could go either way. Of since it's happening at launch, it could either be a Rise Center Rome knack situation where it's like, oh, this is certainly a launch game, right? Or what if that was the name, Rise Son of Rome knack? <laughs> Or it could be a war groove where it comes out and obviously PlayStation will have it first and it gets good reception and people love it. And then Xbox players are like, when are we going to get this goddamn game? You know, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that fares. Um, one second. Alrighty. I'll cut that out of the podcast. It sounded like somebody opened my front door. So I was like, what the heck is that? Anyways. Sure. One, I'm two, here in your house now, Jared. One, two, three. Cut this part out. Okay. Uh, next up, this was kind of, I would say, nothing against the game specifically, but the way Jeff, excuse me, set it up was one of the bigger disappointments of the show in the sense of we had the Xbox console thing, which we'll talk about later. Then we had Godfall, right? The first confirmed PlayStation 5 game. And even Jeff himself said, we've seen the other two. We have one, a, a third company that, that uh, wants to show you guys something. 
So people knew it was Nintendo and people because of their expectations. And also I want to bear in mind Nintendo's track record for the game awards. We're expecting uh-huh. a DLC announcement for super smash brothers or a re-reveal of Bayonetta three, or At maybe another or a a teaser trailer for trailer, dude. Exactly. What we were met with was a bravely default two trailer, which first off is funny because it's the third bravely default game. Now, you know, I have a problem with shitty titles, Jared. We've got bravely default. The sequel is called bravely second. Yeah. And now the sequel to that is bravely default two. Yes. Holy fuck. Yeah. Terrible naming. It is square Enix. So mm, you should expect Their it. Sometimes. Naming conventions are fucked. Worst in the industry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't, I don't give a fuck about, oh, it's Japan. No. 358 over two days doesn't make any goddamn sense anywhere in the fucking world. And the thing is, is that I think this game looks cool for the fans of Bravely Default. And I think there's reason to be excited for it. I just think yeah. that Jeff kind of set this up to fail, unfortunately. Um, and it kind of ended well, up being one of the but... bigger announcements for nintendo of the actual game awards he he didn't do himself any favors but nintendo didn't do themselves any favors either like they didn't come correct you know exactly they they were whack to think that bravely default 2 which just to be clear here this is a switch game not 3ds right (laughs) yes okay thank god um but anyways yeah bravely default to i mean the composers coming back which fans are like that's a big deal for them obviously i'm not familiar with the series but the composers coming back so people are happy about that it's weird that they're doing well no that's not true because the people that did octopath it's technically different studios between octopath and bravely but there's like uh you know lineage like same people that move between studios to work on octopath so I guess it makes sense that they're doing another Bravely game instead of Octopath 2 because it's two different studios. Anyways, uh, I'm excited for it, but yeah, I don't think that it doesn't look anywhere near as good as Oct- Octopath Traveler. So I don't think that it's going to have that wow factor with people. So other than that, it's you know it's a JRPG. It's not going to be well in that chibi style too. That chibi style immediately turns yeah, off a section of the audience. it's a lot better looking than most chibi and, like, even the original Bravely games. But, yeah, it's still, it's not, like, the cool Octopath um, chibi style thing. Sprites, yeah. whatever. Um, and that's the thing, too, with Keeley is, like, wow, this is the biggest Nintendo thing I got. I have to put it somewhere, you know, because people are going to expect it. So, th- going yeah. in, I think he's, like, this is a spot for the biggest thing Nintendo gives me. And then when he got Bravely Default 2, he's like, well, got to make it work, <laughs> you know? So It's one of those things where I think that it could end up where Fire Emblem has, the franchise could, where it makes the transition from, uh, you know, 3DS to console on Switch and does really well. But so far, yeah, it's just a franchise with two entries on the 3DS, which were... Uh, mostly well received the first one especially but um they they are 3ds games that aren't like utter masterpieces so yeah it's not um and it's not a long-running franchise like fire emblem so it needs to prove itself and that's 
you know, tough for it to like carry the weight of Nintendo's showing at the Game Awards. Uh, the next couple announcements are uh, were interesting, but I don't think there's much to say about them necessarily because not a whole lot of information was given. So the first yeah. one was uh, Magic the Gathering Legends, which is a new MMO action game. A lot of magic game. at this show. A lot of magic. I was thinking about you, Jared. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> well, He's they... getting some... Co- at least you got, like, cool, like, lore CG trailers. I was like, that's hype. Oh, yeah, I the Elspeth like one like for the new set. That one was dope, where she's like takes off the mask and sees the little girl. Um, well, the there's dragons a... fighting back and forth. That was really cool. Uh, that one was uh, Elder Scrolls uh, Elsewhere. Was it? Oh yeah, I kept yeah. like. You're not the only one. People are like, oh, that, another magic like, trailer, and it's like, no, it's Elder dude, Scrolls Online. <laughs> they do uh, so much magic, and then I get faked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not even really going to talk about it uh, that much, but I wanted to interject real quick. There's a rumor that a lot there was a lot more ads in this show because Jeff had to fill time because at the last moment, uh, Valve announced that Half-Life Alex wasn't going to be a part of the show, which is yeah. crazy because there was a whole partnership he did with them and it was announced that it was going to be uh, you know, at the show and stuff and they pulled out at the last minute. So the very weird thing. Way more ads and there are already plenty. Well, and the crazy thing too is employees at valve were tweeting about going to the game awards and being excited to see half-life alex the day of the awards so it was literally like a last second plug pull really odd um interested to see what happens there when the story fully comes out anyways after mtg legends which is a game that i'm gonna be like oh that looks really cool it's an mmo no thank you uh we got prologue which was a tease for the first game from the PUBG single player studio which we had talked about a long time ago a player unknown himself brandon uh kind of split off from the main studio and wanted to make a single player experience. Uh, the visual fidelity looked cool for a teaser. doesn't really uh, indicate what the game's going to be or anything, but the fact that it's actually being made is cool. And we see a bit of something from the project. Cause you always hear about these things of like people splitting off and doing individual projects and they never really see the light of day. So the fact that they yeah. actually put something together means that they're progressing towards something, which is cool. Uh, the next one which people thought was a new game, uh, sorry, a new original IP game, uh, is actually a, a sequel, and that was Sons of the Forest. This weird, weird spooky horror game of this guy uh, going through the forest and seeing these weird culty guys. If you remember, there was a survival horror game that launched in 2014 called The Forest. It kind of blew up for a bit on the internet, uh, was pretty popular on Twitch for a hot minute, and then kind of disappeared. This is a sequel to that game. Not a lot of details have been divulged. People are assuming it might be an actual single-player experience, like tied to a narrative, because of the way that trailer unfolded. But the developers themselves haven't really given any more information. But it looked cool, so it was definitely giving off those horror vibes. Um, next up, there was two Riot games unveiled. Uh, this is part of their new initiative to launch games spun out of the League of Legends universe. One was is Ruined King which is being developed by the guys behind Darksiders Genesis, which is the Diablo clone, and Battle Chasers. Uh, these were both uh, cinematic reveals. We didn't really see gameplay at all. And the second one, though we do know, sorry, that Ruined King is going to be a turn-based RPG. The second one is Convergence. Uh, I don't remember the developer for this one. There was like a time travel tease from one of the League of Legends characters that uh, messes with time travel. Um, and these are both out of the... Uh, the like the lab initiative that Riot's doing for single player games spun out of League of Legends. 
Um, there's also it's the fighting so game they're working on. Fucking really weird. weird to me that we're just now seeing League of Legends spinoff games. I'm like, wait, these are the first ones ever? Really? How old as, is as big as that like thing is, ten years. Yeah, um, I mean, for there for a bit, they had to deal with some legal issues that they finally got cleared up and paid people. Uh, but yeah, it's it's weird that they hadn't done this sooner. I wonder if it was just they were so focused, kind of like what Epic Games is currently going through with Fortnite. Of they were so focused on making sure people were always interested in League of Legends itself that they were worried to move on to something else because they didn't want to feel as if they were taking away from the game, even though they have so much money and so many employees. Um, and both of these to note are outsourced to third party studios. They're not in house. So yeah, really interesting there. Next up, uh, one of the cooler things that wasn't a game reveal or, uh, an award taking place was we got a look, an early look at CD project reds, cyberpunk 2077 soundtrack. And we got we got to see some of the artists that are going to be on the soundtrack. We most prominently we saw Run the Jewels, which I'm personally stoked for. I love Run the Jewels. Uh, Grimes, who also performed at the Game Awards. ASAP Rocky, uh, who probably filmed his little video bit outside of the states. If you're familiar with his current legal situations, uh, Refused, who I'm not familiar with. There's also a couple of other musicians. Uh, the drummer from Angels and Airwaves. Uh, the like. Blink-182 spinoff band thing that happened, and the cellist who was responsible for doing the Wonder Woman theme, uh, the new mm. Wonder Woman theme, she's also doing music and for it, too. as Snowbike Mike himself said, there's a lot of bops. A lot of bops, yeah. The So Refused is actually not themselves. They're going to be playing, uh, what's the name of the band? Uh, starts with an S, maybe. God, the in the in uh, lore band, what is it called? The in lore band. Yeah, there's For a Cyberpunk? band. Yeah, there's like an in game band. They're gonna I be. I know about that. They're gonna be being them essentially. I can't. It starts with an S or something. Sorry. I'm interested if these other artists are gonna be different characters in the game, or if they're just creating original music for the game. You know what I mean? I'm I wonder really if they're going to be wondering how it's going to work in general, Jared. Because are these songs that they're creating going to play throughout cutscenes? Are they going to play throughout gameplay? Are there going to be almost music video esque cutscene sequences where, um, you know, it's kind of highlighting their music and you know maybe showing something around the city or whatnot? I think so. If I had to assume. I would say that, like, if you're familiar with, like, Grimes, who does a lot more, like, synthy, technically, like, beat-based stuff. It's not a whole lot of lyrics, mm-hmm. essentially. I would imagine some of her stuff or, like, the cellist would be uh, actual, like, in-game things are going on, right? Uh, like, soundtrack. With Run the Jewels and ASAP, it could possibly be, like, or the band, I can't remember the name of the in-game band. It's, like, ambiance or, like... You go to a club and you hear that song at an actual like yeah. future club or stuff. I wonder if that's going to be I mean, the case. Uh, see, I hope it's not that. And honestly, I'll say I do want to give credit to Grimes as a singer because maybe it wasn't fully showcased in its best form at the Game Awards, but I think that she she has a lot of like you know great synth tracks like you're talking about. But um, I really enjoy her as a singer, so I would like to see her and ASAP and run the jewels killer mike and all those guys 
um, highlighted in a way that isn't just relegated to background music at a club or on somebody's stereo when you're in their house or whatever, you know. I would like the uh, like the best of both worlds where it is part of the world, but it's it's also more than that, you know, like a mix yeah. between. Um, also, I definitely don't want to hear the soundtrack thing where it's just playing over the credits. Like, they make a song specifically for this movie uh, <laughs> or now this game. Yeah. And then it just plays over the credits. Like, I wanted it in the movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's get through. We're running a little long, so let's get through some of these things. So I want to get to the big Xbox uh, stuff at the end. So next yeah. up, there was uh, a little funny interaction between Jeff Keighley and Mirage from Apex Legends. The most interesting thing I learned about this is people thought it was a pre-recorded bit. It turns out it was actually a live motion capture thing with Roger Craig Smith that they did live. And they sh- he showed the setup behind the scenes of him covered in all the mocap balls and stuff. It looked like a pretty impressive thing to pull wow. off on the live show. Yeah. I was uh, wondering. I was thinking, like, if that's the way they did it, that would have been really impressive. And it turns out it was. And, you know, Roger Craig Smith, shout out to him. He's an awesome voice actor and, you know, mocap actor too, I guess. But, yeah, it's uh, really impressive. Was, I was like, holy that, crap. That was, it was, you know, a little bit gimmicky and kind of, you know, the Video Game Awards is, is not always something. Actually, what I did, Jared, I don't know about you, but I, I watch it. I was kind of like, like you do a football game on DVR where you're like, you know, an hour behind so you can fast forward through, you know, commercials or just like kind of the in-between moments that are not really important to you uh the 18th time that they're showing magic the gathering for example so um i was kind of just jumping around and and i think these are kind of the moments that i'm jumping through but of the gimmicks for the game awards i think that is is about as cool as it gets yeah uh next up we had a tease at wolf eye studios next game these are the former dishonored prey producers called yeah uh called weird west it's a top-down isometric action role-playing game um i saw quite a bit of people uninterested or disappointed because i think they're expecting another immersive sim but in my eyes i was like they're an indie studio like i don't understand what no yeah i get that i get that totally i didn't think it was going to be you know the production value of their former games that these people were making but um nonetheless for what it is i still think it doesn't look very good you know yeah i i i I liked it i'll never play it it doesn't look like my type of game but um i i really just it didn't look too hot to me but uh next up we had uh ori and the will of the wisps had a new trailer uh that's looking ultra hot jared yeah unfortunately got delayed by a month uh so hey it's they gotta warm it up in the oven make it even hotter yeah, I wouldn't be so normally. I don't like with this. Like it's like okay, they they delayed to get the game better. The whole thing with it is like it delayed into March, so it's like ugh yeah. with everything else coming out in March. But I'm gonna make time to play that damn game. Uh, and it's dude, that's the weirdest game thing about delays is like they keep pushing them into each other. You know, yeah, games keep getting pushed into these months that get clustered up, and it's like a rat king where all their tails tie up and they can't get out. What I will say with this next trailer, and I want to, so it was the most disappointing trailer for me 
of the Game Awards specifically because we knew it was going to be there and I expected something different. Now, this didn't take away from my interest for the game. I still want to play it. I'm still very interested in it. But the Ghost of Tsushima trailer was odd for me. So it was mostly cutscenes, and the gameplay we got was mostly like cinematic gameplay where, uh, and it was also during, the cinematic gameplay was mostly during the orchestral performance. So it was like off screen, um, and we didn't really get a whole lot. I was hoping for an extended gameplay demo because they even hyped this up as like, this is the biggest trailer of the Game Awards. And we haven't seen anything really for this game. Out, like the most gameplay we saw was when it was initially revealed, and he stealth uh, attacked inside of that little uh, area, and then had the final battle, right in like the sunlight and that really beautiful, uh, like two D fighting game style, like uh, brawl that he had. Um, it's coming what out summer twenty twenty. So we got a date through what was it E three twenty eighteen last time PlayStation was there, where he yeah. like. Rides his horse and he goes through the field and he comes up on the guys and does the one swipe slash and all that. Um, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it's the one that ends with the like samurai showdown at the end, right? With like the tree with in the, the background and the red leaves. Yeah, and he like uh, one of the stealth things is he like pulls the guy through one of the walls, right? Right, and right, kills right. him. That's the yeah, most gameplay we got. Um, and it's weird that, like, this one, the second time we see it, is, like, less gameplay, you know, quote-unquote. Yeah, so we've had the sto- original trailer, which was a story trailer. Yep. We had the gameplay reveal. And then we had this, which... Well, okay, so I watched the State of Play trailer, which was a super short clip, less than a minute. Samurai. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is where I cut it off for Media Blackout, because that wasn't, like... I didn't screw anything up by watching that scene, right? Yeah. But I didn't actually watch the Game Awards part because um, it's Sucker Punch's next game and it's fucking Samurai. I mean, I'm so, going to fucking play it, you know? So that's the thing is it's they showed off some not straightforward narrative elements, but they were things you could piece together. So it's good that you didn't watch it. Uh, yeah. for me as yeah. somebody who is still, I still want to see more gameplay for me personally to get sold on it because unlike you, I don't have that attachment to sucker punch necessarily. Right. Sure. Um, I was hoping for more and they didn't have that. Like I said, I know coming out and saying it was my most disappointing trailer of the show seems like, Oh, well then you hate this game. That's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. It's just yeah. that my expectations for it weren't necessarily met. Um, but I still am like amped for the game. It's just weird to me that it's coming out next summer and, Think about where we were a year before, like, Spider-Man or even, like, Horizon Zero Dawn came out in the terms of the extended gameplay we saw. It's just weird to me that we haven't seen that much. I'm not worried of the quality now, of the game. I just want to see more. Speaking of Sucker Punch, Jared, what are the chances that you ever end up playing Infamous Second Son? If I'm being honest, probably never. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said what about first light since that's a standalone side game less than six five less than five or six hours probably like four to five if i'm being honest the only way i'd probably ever play an infamous game realistically is if they did a collection on the ps5 you know so what if it's you can just play your PS4 games on PS5 and you can play Second Son. 
there's just so many other games I haven't been able to play that I want to get to that I, it it's like far down the list. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And the way for me to like justify it in my mind would be like, oh, it's a new collection. It doesn't necessarily need to be like remastered or anything. It's just the ease of it. I don't know. It's it's weird, man. I, but I'm just trying so, to be honest with you. You know, <laughs> I'm not no, gonna no, sit no, here no, and bullshit you. you. Have you ever picked up an infamous game? I've so I bought a PS3 a at the and like you know fucked around. No, I mean I bought a PS3 uh, at the end of the PS3's lifetime and played Last of Us, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, and then I got a PS4 for Spider Man when Spider Man came yeah. out, and then you know so no. <laughs> I will I will say this one thing to appeal to you from this side, Jared. I know that you are a huge comic book and superhero fan. Truly, you know, not just somebody who likes watching MCU movies. Like, you actually enjoy superheroes as a concept on a deep level. And so, with that being said, and you also enjoy video games on that deep level as well, you got to try out the Infamous series at some point. You don't have to, like, play through the whole thing. You can jump in, like I said, with the standalone fucking expansion, for all I care, with First Light for a few hours, but... You just gotta try Infamous out. As big of a video game superhero fan you are, as you are. So on the likely to unlikely scale, Infamous, out of like some of the bigger PlayStation or even Xbox franchises I've never played, is definitely one of the franchises that leans more towards likely. Like I eventually want to go and try to play the Uncharted games all again, but that's very much on the unlikely side, right? That's like Dreamers yeah. territory. I'll likely never get it. With Infamous, yeah. it's like in the middle leaning likely of like just give me a reason <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah yeah i just gave uh, you a great one so you, you did you did uh i've been i've been sold by other people on it too of like how come on it's like this definitely falls into the jared category of games he'd probably like so right yeah yeah uh lastly we got some other announcements real quick gears tactics was shown off 40 plus hour campaign it's essentially what we thought it was, XCOM meets Gears, releasing April 28th. Uh, once again, coming to Game Pass, so I'm going to be playing it no matter what, at least trying it, which is dope. Um, one of the reasons I love Game Pass is because... Okay, okay here we go. All I got to do is get Infamous on Game Pass, and Jared will fucking jump on that shit. Oh, 100%. If Infamous ever came to Game Pass, which obviously would never happen, Jesus Christ, uh, I would play it. Motherfucker. Yeah. The one thing that I cannot possibly do. Possibly do. It's yeah. impossible. If, here's what I'll tell you. If there's a promotion that ever happens where I can get PlayStation Now for free, uh, like on a PlayStation, because I don't want to play it on yeah. PC or whatever through PlayStation Now, but like if there is some weird promotion that happened and they want to compete with Game Pass and they're like, oh, an Infamous is on it, I'll play it then. I'll tell you that. I don't even know if it's on PlayStation now, but I assume it is. Um, I think so. It is, yeah. So, uh, Gears Tactics looks interesting. Next up, uh, New World, which is this like weird Spanish Inquisition game with demons. It's the first game from Amazon Game Studios. We had been wondering what the hell they've been working on. Industry insiders apparently said that they saw this game like half a year ago, and it was more of a Assassin's Creed history-ish game in the sense of. It was more, not the latest Assassin's Creed games, but like the original ones. It was leaning more towards yeah. like traditional history, Spanish Inquisition. And yeah. apparently in six months time, it's like put in all of these like demons and fantasy elements and kind of caught people by surprise. So 
uh, there's that. It New World is such a lame name. I hate the name. Like I hate it. Uh, it's like wow. the video game game. I just don't like that. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan. Jared, you're getting really upset about New World, and we've had some terrible names already in the show. I will say that compared to like Bravely Default Two, which is terrible for many reasons. And then, um, what was the other one? I feel like there was another one. Humankind. Uh, I just uh, feel like New World's not nearly as bad. For me, it's like, it's Amazon Game Studios' first game. It's like their big premiere title. It's like, New World? I don't know. I'll probably be eating my words and I'll be like, oh, I can't wait for the New World sequel to come out. Yeah, yeah, if it ends up being good, who knows? Uh... Next up, Wolf Among Us 2 was reannounced. People were wondering, how is this game in existence? If you paid attention to the trailer, underneath there was Ad Hoc Studios. We talked about the formation of that studio a couple of months ago. Actually, like in January February, after Telltale went defunct. Ad Hoc is made up of all former Telltale people, and they basically got hired on to work on uh, Wolf Among Us 2. So, that's really cool. Which is weird, because they also like reinstated actual Telltale telltale itself exactly uh, yeah appears as a logo in the trailer so it's weird there's two kind of uh you know from from the reports uh returned versions of the studio so from the reports telltale games is essentially like a label brand and it's not really a studio um and it's like they they've hired on some contractors to work under it but it's not actually a studio it's like this weird legal thing by skybound um so yeah people were wondering this it then are they i mean we got the end of walking dead now they're doing wolf among us are they gonna like keep on finishing the things that they said they were gonna do who knows i for me i would say that you're more likely to get an uh an invincible game from them than game of thrones season three well, I'm not expecting Game of Thrones Season 3, Jared. That yeah. is long dead. I'm talking about, like, Batman Season 3. Ooh. Uh, I can, I can see that happening, for sure. Especially with yeah, the branding of okay. Batman, you know? Yeah. An Invincible Telltale game. Man, I don't, I don't even know if I want that. If we're going to have an Invincible game, like, I want to fucking, you know, be a goddamn superhero and do dope shit, you know? Yeah, I think that's a foot in the door, though, especially with, like, the animated show and stuff. I think I think Invincible 10 years from now could easily be a pretty big franchise if everything happens correctly. And then I think we could see, like, the legit Invincible video game, you know. Um, lastly, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez came out and announced Fast and Furious Crossroads, which looks like a PS2 game. I mean, I'm being hyperbolic, but it looked bad. No, uh, you are not, Jared. It looks like a remastered PS2 game. <laughs> It looks horrible. It's fucked up, dude. It looked so goddamn bad. And I just don't understand. Well, okay. No, I think I do understand, actually. The budget went to contracting the actors, right? Exactly. And this was a... And, like, having their voice. Yeah, for sure. And I guarantee you this was a deal of, like, Jeff Keighley trying to get a big name on stage. And it was like, well, the deal is you get Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez... 
if you show Fast and Furious like, Guys, you you don't even know. We used to stay up late playing the like Tekken fighting games. Tekken like, fighting games. Oh my god! I think she also said me. first man shooters, which was also getting memed online. Did she really say that? Yeah, first man shooters instead of first person shooters. Jesus! But that they were obviously rough. You know, we all know how goofy Vin Diesel is, but. Uh, yeah, they have Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and, and Tyrese, as far as we know, in the game. So just those three right there is enough to take up whatever budget this, like, measly fucking BS game had in the first place. Uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads, man. That is rough. That is as so not a rough. huge Fast and Furious guy, I was having a pretty good, like, petty laughing moment about it, you know? Yeah. If I'm being honest, but, yeah, I was like, Jesus yeah, definitely. Christ. I mean, I've yeah. watched all the movies, even Hobbs and Shaw, and I enjoy them for what they are, because um, I love a good action scene, but, uh, wow. It's like... Just like, <laughs> this movie that makes billions at the box office, this franchise, yeah. and exactly. it's like such a shitty You, you can't game. spend a few hundred million on a single <laughs> game and just kickstart your big franchise, and like, dude, there's not that many fucking racing games. Like, they could... Fast and Furious could be a huge, huge gaming franchise, but you know. Well, the the best. Dude, if you want to see some goofy Fast and Furious shit, go watch the trailer for the animated series. God. Holy fuck, that is awful. The best Fast and Furious game we've ever got was the expansion on Forza Horizon Three. You know. Yeah, that was a thing I was thinking about. Is that they did that, and I'm like, that was smart because. You've got Fast and Furious in a video game, but it's already a guaranteed good video game. Exactly. Out. Yeah. The game is, is out, and it's great. People love it. People bought it. And this is just a bonus that you're adding on. I loved how they did that, but now we got this, so it's, it's kind of weird. Now we're going to be closing out the show with the biggest announcement. And yeah, what I want to um, get to first is I think this was... five. They confirmed <laughs> it in the Godfall trailer, dude. I'm so... <laughs> fucking pump jared i'm glad you brought this up god i want to say in retrospect this even looks like more of a better move on microsoft's part because there wasn't really a huge defining game outside of what we're about to talk about with them too like there wasn't the breath of the wild 2 or any of these other titles to take away from this you know what i mean like they're totally going to have yeah. a new cycle and just to kind of go back on my joke with the playstation 5 just to be clear that who was the developer on Godfall, Jared? Ooh, good question. Let me see if I even wrote it down. Uh, let's they, see. They had done one game, like a crossplay game games. Crossplay cross games. games. Crossplay games on video. The are the ones that actually unveiled PlayStation Five because <laughs> yeah. this is the first time in a in a video of any kind, whether it be a conference or a trailer or whatever, that we've seen a confirmation of actual PlayStation next gen, right? We've heard about Xbox, Scarlet, yep. whatever. So this rando studio who's on its second fucking game is the one that's like, technically, if you're not paying attention to Wired articles, like a lot of people aren't, then this is you finally hearing about the PlayStation 5 for the first time. Great job, Sony. <laughs> yeah. Now, so on to Microsoft. So first up, they do it. They unveiled this thing with a really interesting trailer that started as like the CG voiceover of this very. Now, uh, real quick, I just want to preface this: they unveiled their next gen console 
which we obviously knew they were making one, but they didn't tell anybody that they were doing this at the Game Awards, not like a, you know, yep. Xbox next-gen event. You know, it's like, this was a, a kind of like a shadow drop at the Game Awards type thing. Which the you, name was. imagine how happy Jeff Keighley was when he found out that this was going to be a possibility. Yeah. He's like, God damn. Yeah. Um, it lends and a they, lot of credibility to the show. Park. Yeah. So it starts with this like CG trailer of this voiceover from this like very stoic and like confident man, and you're like, God, just tell me any quote you want throughout history. And it starts going and it's showing environments. At this point, you think it might be just a game, like yeah. uh, one of their exclusives that their new studio is making. You don't I even actually know that this is about the console. I don't think the way the environment was like evolving and changing. I honestly thought they were about to announce Black and White Three. Which I know is kind of like a niche title, but it kind of fit the aesthetic of changing the world around you and the way the guy was talking, right? Of, like, dreaming. And Wait, Black and White 3? You're making me think Pokemon Black and White 3. No, so there's a famous uh, computer... Uh, not a computer RPG, as in that specific genre, but it's an RPG yeah. that's, on, you know, on PC called Black and White, and it's known okay. for being, like, a world manipulator type of game. Like where okay. you can, you're like God hand essentially, right? So you can gotcha. you can manipulate geography and like people and all that stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, there's no chance it was gonna be that, but I was getting that vibe. What if of like they the were doing talking. Pokemon Black and White three? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> that, Jesus Christ! And it's that trailer on the Xbox. Well, I'll <laughs> let you say the, I'll let you say the title. So then it cuts to a uh, racing car, and it's like, oh, this is a typical Forza thing where it's like some weird trailer and then it shoots through a sports car coming in right so immediately you're like oh this is an x forza game or a racing game then it changes to like a soccer pitch of people playing soccer and then it cuts to a back view of master chief running off to this cliff's edge and people are what the, what's about to happen this is xbox related obviously and people are like oh the first thought when people assumed xbox was are we getting the name reveal and we did but we actually got much more than that so the new xbox is going to be called xbox series x um i know people have varying opinions on this xbox has always been in a weird position because their naming conventions have always been so poor and from what's been reported is the reason the xbox 360 was called the 360 is because they wanted it to not feel inferior to the PlayStation 3, so they didn't want to call it the Xbox 2. As stupid as a thing as it sounds, businesses think like yeah. that sometimes. It's really dumb. So they went with 360. Well, yeah. I then, was just thinking the other day, driving, about how, you know, the Xbox 360 or just 360 is such a ubiquitous term in gaming now. Yeah. But that's a st stupid fucking name, dude. Exactly. It's like, a dumb name. Xbox One was titled that because it was supposed to be your all-in-one device. That was their original yeah. messaging with the console. They quickly so departed from that really idea quick. For the third console, you know, exactly. Idiots. So with the next name, people are like, well, what are they gonna do? For yeah. me, if I I like the name, I don't love it. But what I do love is that knowing what their plan is moving forward, this makes the most sense for them, and it gives them a place where they can sound premium but be able to start at the base level of a new naming convention if that makes sense yeah. uh now I, let me give you a tweak that i think would improve it jared okay xbox series four number four okay now 
then you could abbreviate it to Xbox S4. Um, and that, I think, for me is a little bit better because Xbox, which already has two X's in it, Xbox Series X is clunky to me. Now, I like the series idea. Yeah. The word series. But I think uh, saying Series 4, since it's their fourth console, their fourth Xbox, would be cool. And then I like the sound of Xbox S4 as, as the abbreviation. I'm interested um, to see what the second console is named, the Lockhart, the smaller one. Right, yeah, that's another thing. Series is it going to be... S... Yeah, is it going to take off the X on the name, or is it going to add something to the X, right? Like, I wonder if the Xbox One X version of the Xbox Series X is going to be the Xbox Series XL, you know? See how, or what it, see how clunky that is when you say it like that? Yeah. Um, is, uh, the other thing I want to talk Xbox about... Xbox Series X is like... Yeah, it's not quite, not quite. Like, Series is great. But the other problem is just that Xbox is a stupid fucking name. And well, I think... like carrying that through every generation and i'm just like uh two years from now i don't like xbox it's a dumb stupid like early 2000s like fucking gamer fuel mountain dew bullshit yeah i mean it's like weirds are weird like that too though because if you sit there and actually look at the word playstation it's like well it's just mixing it's It's a station where you play okay so so it might sound a little juvenile a little bit which i don't think it sounds that juvenile but PlayStation is a cool fucking name, if you ask me. Like, what does it do? The PlayStation is a gaming device. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're gaming, so it's the PlayStation. You know? Um, It's the Extreme Box. It's the Xbox. (laughs) Yeah, I also think that Nintendo Switch, while I get what they're going with, with it, you know, switching between home console and handheld, I think it's way too plain, and it's something... Like, when people are saying, oh, I... you know this switch or that switch that a lot of times it doesn't even make sense if you think about the sentence they're saying yeah um because switch is just a general word that we use um and you look at the switch light which doesn't make any sense because you can't switch it you know it's only one it's only handheld so i think those are much more clunky than playstation it may not be the best name but it's actually really grown on me over the years, and I think that PlayStation for a gaming platform is actually a really cool and clever name. Yeah. Uh, the clunkiness, though, I think once the consoles are out, I think we'll refer to it as the PS5 and the Series X. For us, like I don't think I'll ever refer to it as the Xbox Series X because among my friends sure. talking about the Series X, they'll know what I'm talking about, or the Series S or whatever the hell the other one's called. Um, yeah, real quick, like to- now it's called the One S or the One X. But I think that's because, like, you kind of naturally want to get away from the word Xbox because of how, like, kind of stupid it is. But Yeah. And the people who wanted it to be, like, 720 or some other outrageous name, I think. Siri- oh, yeah. Dude, that takes me back. Back in the day <laughs> when we're still playing 360 and it's like, well, what's the next console going to be? We know it's going to be PlayStation 4, right, for PlayStation. Uh, but what is the next Xbox going to be? And everyone, of course, thought it was 720. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the design of the console itself. I will say I'm, I actually really like it. Um, I'm happy that they were bold enough to do something that we haven't seen for a console yet. Um, the weird thing that I saw, the weird complaint, it's a rectangular block. Yeah. Like a tower, like a computer tower. Uh, 
There was a weird so there was a weird uh complaint that people are saying that it looked huge, but the actual size of it isn't very like the width of it from the front is a little bit bigger than an Xbox One controller, and the width like if you're staring straight at it is like a couple of con like I think they said in the GameSpot article the exclusive article they said it was three controllers thick, which when you look at like the Xbox One controller that's not super thick for like a console, um, yeah. and. Uh, we'll get into some of the stuff here in terms of the specs and other facets of the console and the controller. But from a pure looking at the console, what, what did you think about it, Jordan? I think it's all right. Um, you know, the consoles themselves, when we really look at all the different generations and all the different iterations in between slim models and uh, so forth, I think that it's really rare that the consoles look that good, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think they're that gaming consoles as a whole, if you take every single one and all the different iterations, I think that generally they don't look very good. And so this one is, yeah, it's okay, but like it's, it's sleeker than the VCR, but it's also, it's a chunk, you know, it's, it looks like a, a block like almost like a wooden block that a, a a child would play with but in you know turned into technology um and so xbox and microsoft with their xbox uh, consoles are very um squared you know they're very angular hard edges whereas playstation is like I'm looking at my PS3 Slim, which is very curvy, very smooth, and then even the PS4 and PS4 Pros have they're angular, but they have kind of a slope to them, you know. Yeah. Whereas uh, Xbox, like the I'm looking at the One S, is just angular and rectangular, um, very um, hard edges, like I said. So. The 360 um, is curved, but that's pretty much their only curved console. Yeah, not my preference. And the 360, um, the curvature that they did go with, plus the the white and green and the gray, yeah, not great looking at the end of the day. Although it, you know, it, it looked futuristic when it first came out, so I can dig that or whatever. But yeah, I think for me, my favorite console design is the Xbox One X. I really like it. It's sleek and clean. I even like the yeah. One S. Uh, yeah. For PlayStation, uh, I would probably say the base PS4 is my favorite design from them. I was never a fan okay. of the big PS3 or the Slim. Um, maybe even I think the, the PS3 Slim looks great. I think the Super Slim and the original PS3 are pretty bad, but the Slim in the middle for PS3 is maybe, I think, one of the best-looking consoles of all time. Yeah, and uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro is it like takes a, a decent design and makes it worse by yeah. just adding in another layer yeah. to the hamburger. Oh, so dumb, so fucking stupid, Jared. And I'll tell you what, you remember I wasn't even gonna get the console, and then I'm like, you know what? I've got these 4K TVs. Like it would be stupid for me to just sit here with my arms crossed. Like I'm not gonna play the games I want to play in 4K because the console's too ugly. Like okay, I put a skin on it. I like it better. It looks a little better with the skin. And uh, a, a PlayStation logo decal on there, but 
it's not that big a deal. So I got over that and eventually got one, but it, I definitely hated it when I first saw it. Uh, Phil Spencer came out on stage. He talked about the first, uh, he said the 15 game studios we have are currently working on projects for the series X. And I want to show you a tease of one of the projects in early development from a very talented studio familiar with the game awards. The Ninja mm. theory logo popped up. People were like, Oh, what is this going to be? Is this bleeding edge? Then the actual cinematic started that he said was all captured in engine on the series X. Um, and we started seeing like ocean fronts and a, like really bad weather. And then Senua popped up on screen, yeah. uh, which is, which really dope. And then she started chanting and then like the background chanting started coming in. You start seeing this imagery. Now you're of, like, missing something beforehand before any of this. We're seeing this like terrifying ritualistic Viking oh, yeah. <laughs> imagery, Norse imagery. With these, you know, people dressed up, like, carrying torches, and then we get to Sinua. It's like, it was looking scary as all fuck before Sinua popped up. Yeah, in our chat, I said that it was metal as shit, and I loved every moment yeah. of it. And yeah. Dom, I believe, said it was super metal, but also scary in the best way, I think, I believe yeah, is what he said. Yeah. And you said it was yeah. riveting. Uh, I watched that Absolutely. trailer, like, three or four times afterwards, because it just is so invoking of the tone of what that game is going to be. I haven't even played the first Hellblade at Senua's Sacrifice, and now I really want to get oh, to it. Yeah. Um, it makes me and, want to go back. I, Boy, I was disappointed with that game because it's a very cool concept. You know, I, I did get tired of people only giving it credit for being about mental health, but I get that people are starving for games about mental health. Um, but the problem with the original Hellblade is just that the combat is so lackluster and coming from a studio that's made Devil May Cry combat that is made, um, enslaved underrated game. No, I'm fucking blanking dude. Fuck. I'm blanking on the game. Um, but has made really good combat oriented combat specializing video games before, um, that sucked, you know, because that it seemed like the afterthought, and it was very one note and very, um, all, it just felt like it was useless in the game, you know. And it, but the enemies are cool, and Sin was cool. She's a cool protagonist, and you're like Norse characters fighting with swords. Like, how could that not be cool? But it's not. So this game is called Senua's Saga Hellblade Two. Uh, yeah. What I will Senua's say is Saga Hellblade Two, not Hellblade Two Senua Saga, which I thought was definitely interesting. Which they originally just had named it Hellblade, and then came back Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice for the first game. They changed that, so interesting that they're uh, flipping uh, the subtitle into almost like the main title now. And boy, howdy, did Microsoft give them a budget, and I'm excited to see what this game is. Yeah, yeah. Um, the scope is definitely going to be much more grand than uh, the first Hellblade. That's for sure. So it's really cool. I can't do, that is my one and only hope, because that is the thing about the original Hellblade, is just that it, you know they were trying to make it for as cheap as they possibly could uh, and still make it a AAA game. It was like an indie AAA game is what they are calling it. But it just wasn't quite there. Um, yeah. And now I feel like it's going to be there. And that's the thing, too, is we 
we already know about Halo Infinite and now Senua's Saga. And both of those trailers, I think, did a really great job. And they're both, obviously, you know, Hellblade isn't, like, a well-known uh, franchise, like, globally or anything. But people, you know, really enjoyed the first game and they're excited for this. And the trailer looked Heavenly really good. Sword is the game Heavenly Sword. other combat-oriented game, which is... A lot of people think of Hellblade as sort of a spiritual successor to that because you think of the names, you know, Heavenly Sword, Hellblade, um, but that was kind of where the disappointment came in is because we thought it was going to be them kind of going back to that Heavenly Sword style and, yeah, the combat wasn't the focus. So, sorry, tangent. Uh, what I was saying is we saw both of those games now for Xbox uh, Series X and the only thing we have to show for PlayStation 5 is... Godfall, and nothing against that game, but it it didn't really, you know, it, I don't think it stacks up to what PlayStation could have possibly shown for PlayStation Five yet. I don't know; it's very weird uh, in yeah. terms of what we've seen from PlayStation Five in terms of games we're going to be playing on the console so far. Anyways, uh, let's go through some of this other stuff that we found out after the fact for the Series X. One, it can be placed vertically or horizontally. People are wondering if you had to stack it horizontally or vertically, or if you could do either or. Um, turns out you can do either. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to do it horizontally. I think it'd look, it'd look worse, um, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing is, like, it's kind of, like, with it being the shape that it is, it's like, how, how, do, you, how do you orient this to make it look right, you know, with other consoles? Because they're, you know, pizza box shaped almost, so. Yeah. Uh, people had this really neat theory, though, of, like, this type of console design does lend itself more to modular stuff. So I wonder, they're wondering if maybe in the future we could see some type of modular mm. stuff going on. Yeah, uh, that's what I want. Yep. Uh, so the new controller, uh, most people thought at first glance it was just a regular Xbox One controller. There's some subtle differences, uh, one being that it has a share button now, so it has a third button on the front uh, in between these. They forgot like, um, it on the last one. Exactly. Uh, and the thing I'm more excited about, and I told Jordan I had to look up the name of it, is yep. the, like, dome-shaped... Uh, it's not specifically the same one, but the dome-shaped D-pad on the Xbox Elite controller that you can purchase. What's it called now? What's the term? It's a faceted D-pad. Um, yes. So, essentially, the new Xbox Series X controller is going to be like that in the sense of it's not just the four directional buttons, but it has the diagonal option as well. Um, Thank goodness, because that clicky-ass fucking D-pad on the Xbox One is ridiculous. It is so goddamn loud. <laughs> it is. Uh, in terms of preferences, though, I actually like this D-pad more than the PlayStation One because I think the PlayStation One is a little bit mushy for my taste. But yeah. I will agree with you. This thing's loud as hell. Like when you push See, it, it's, it's a lot. The Switch Pro controller is clicky, but it's quiet clicky, and I like yeah. that. Agreed. Uh, next up, we got a dump of some confirmed specs. Remember, there was rumors circling of what the actual specs for the console were going to be, and we actually got them from the GameSpot exclusive article that happened after they revealed their console in the name, unlike PlayStation. Uh, go read those Wired articles. <laughs> so. We got officially 12 teraflops of GPU, which is right on the money with the leaks. You can assume that the rest of this is going to follow suit. Which is uh, double the flops. I'm not even making fun here. That's double the teraflops of the Xbox One X, correct? Uh, yes, and it's 
three times, a little less than three times the PS4 Pro. Because I think the PS4 Pro is like 4.4 or 4. Putting it to shame. Uh, And so, and in regards to the PlayStation 5, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's either between 8 and 12 teraflops. So hopefully for PlayStation, it's closer to 12. I would assume it's going to be. But yeah, they're ranging it between 8 and 12. So we'll see what happens when they officially announce it. Uh, Get your flops ready, dude. Sony, what the fuck? Get your flops going. I'm tired of you guys not having enough flops. It's pissing me off. Uh, so it was designed specifically to be as quiet or quieter than the Xbox One X. Um, and people are thinking that the design of the actual console with the airflow of it going up vertically lends itself yeah. to them being able to have it more powerful but as quiet. Um, but obviously that hasn't been confirmed Hot yet. Hot air rises and cold air falls, Jared. Thank you. Science fact of the day with Jordan. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin. We know that uh, loading is going to be a big factor in next gen. That's what PlayStation's currently touting. They touted the same thing for the Series X. And they also stated that you can pause and resume multiple games simultaneously. So if you're familiar with the way it works now on consoles, on both PlayStation 5, and for correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jordan, and Xbox One, you can be playing a game, pop out to the home menu, and then pop back in and you're right where you've left off. What they're saying with this is that you can do that with two games simultaneously. So, for instance, I could be playing NBA 2K, pause my game, pop out, go into Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because I wanted to you know, get this achievement real quick, get the achievement, pop out, go back into that game I was playing in NBA 2K. Now, yeah, that's cool, but like, are you going to do that for real, though? I personally will, but I'm a very specialized case in that there's some games I want to pop in for, like, the daily login bonus. But I, yeah. the hassle of, like, the loading hassle, which isn't a huge hassle, it's a now, first order problem. What's most important is can you pop out of your profile? Because that, you know, I'm not sharing a console with brothers anymore, but as a kid, that would have been awesome to have if it's like, dude, you've been playing NCAA for eight hours straight, and it's like, but I'm in the middle of a game! So it's like you tell your brother, just pop out, and you can hop back in later, but it's fucking my turn to play. It's my turn on the goddamn console. Ooh, that, yeah, right? that's cool. I wonder if that's going to be the case, if that's possible. Also, now, if it can't be, if you can't switch profiles, then th that doesn't work because it's like, well, I'm not going to play on my brother's profile. Exactly, right? so. yeah. Interesting question. We'll see if that's, that'd be something that and would be neat for people to ask. Here you go, right? So let, well, let's pretend we're brothers for a second, Jared. Okay. And you're on the console playing... Uh, the new NCAA game that's going to come out now that they're going to license things, right? Hopefully, so yes. So <laughs> NCAA 2022, right? You're playing NCAA 2022 on Jared's profile. Then I'm like, Jared, it's my turn on the console. Mom said so, okay? And so you pop out. We go to Jordan's profile. Can I then hop into the same video game but not the same, you know, literal game that you were playing, you know, fucking UCLA I think that's... versus Stetson? That'd be dope. I think that's way less likely than the first one, but that'd be a dope yeah. for the same game specifically like, to run two. Yeah, um, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about you know being in a family and like having brothers and sisters playing, and it's like, well, I want to play the same game you were playing, but not on your profile, not on your instance. So can I pop out, get into a new profile, play the same game? He comes back later, jumps back into his game, like two different instances of the same game. That right. would be the most impressive. 
Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. And lastly, yeah. this is just confirmation for people, fully backwards compatible day one. So you'll have access to your entire library of Xbox games, Xbox 360, and Xbox One games that you own, uh, which I think is great. It's tremendous built-in value and helps people come to terms with buying an Xbox, like a new generation Xbox, the series X earlier on, because they know their entire libraries are getting pushed over. You know what I mean? So it makes that transition yeah. way easier. I just want to say on the example I just presented, I don't even think you could do that on a PC. So I think, Oh that, no. Like, yeah, I think I might be stretching it a little <laughs> bit there, man. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That'd be impressive as hell. Uh, yeah. so real quick thoughts before we head out here, Jordan, I just want to give our final thoughts on, Game Awards, we talked about that stuff. We don't necessarily go into that. But for Xbox's Series X, what I will say yeah. is that I thought they did a smart job of doing this here because they got the attention of the most hardcore of gamers and they got the attention of people who, when we hear the the Xbox reveal event, because they're still going to do another one of like yeah. the other console or whatever games or, you know. People who aren't interested in Xbox at all wouldn't watch it no matter what. Like, you're not getting them to tune in. Having it at the Game Awards not necessarily forces people, but the surprise of it is, like, you're going to see it even if you don't didn't want to, right? right. Which I think yeah. is smart. Yeah. On top of the fact that in hindsight, like I mentioned, because there wasn't these big, huge AAA announcements like Breath of the Wild 2 or a new yeah. Bioshock or something else... Um, yeah. It completely controls the news cycle and will continue to be talked about until the PS5 reveal event. You know what I mean? Jared, um, I think they're just now starting the new Bioshock, by the way. Uh, Jason Trier reported that the new studio that was announced to work on it is new, but the game itself has been in development under a project name for like three years. Mm, so, yeah. Is it getting handed to this new studio? Who knows, man? I don't knowing knowing 2K, they might have just scrapped you ain't got the answers, Sway. Exactly, uh, and plus, I Bioshock. It was just a grab from my head. <laughs> you know, it's just like what what AAA yeah. franchise uh, pulled. But I would have loved to see a Bioshock trailer last night. That would have been great. Hell yeah! And it's about fucking time, man. So with X, so with Xbox, I think they did a great job of doing this. I think it was smart. I think that they still can have a good reveal event, quote unquote. Uh, early next year and it will be fine i think getting this stuff out of the way at this event was a very smart calculated move um i, I don't know i just thought it was a really good move the name i understand it and i like it moving forward for what they're doing i'm not necessarily in love with it the design of the console i like it for what they're planning to do with it like the other thing with the name i'm not necessarily in love with the design of the console but, yeah, overall, I think it was a very smart move by them, especially adding in that Hellblade 2 tease as well. It was really well done. You know, Jared, I don't know that I love it, but so far I like the look of the Xbox Series X better than the look of the PlayStation 5. You know why? Because <laughs> I haven't fucking seen the other one. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's So I want to get your... Oh, we talked about this. We talked about your your uh, you know your feelings on the name and the design, but overall, from a timing perspective and doing it at the Game Awards in comparison to when we're going to get the PS5 event and stuff, what did you think about all of that? Yeah, I think I just gave you my answer, but uh, <laughs> I think that once again, as I've said before, I'll say again, I've been sounding this bell for a while. 
Phil Spencer and the team over at Microsoft have been killing it on the transition into the next generation, and I think they're going to continue to kill it. And they did great. This fucking awesome unveiling, unveiling of their new console with the name and the the look of it. Uh, with it being a, a surprise, one of the few surprises I would say, real big ones at least for the Game Awards this year. Um, it was a great idea and executed expertly. So I would say compared to PlayStation and. Mark Cerny talking up, you know, wired writers. <laughs> I would say that they are nailing it. I think this is could, has a chance to be the closest, most competitive console generation. Um, and I, I think that obviously the one thing missing from Xbox is the catalog of high quality exclusives. And I do have enough faith in Phil Spencer that they will. I don't know if they'll necessarily match beat for beat what PlayStation Zunk is. PlayStation is really impressive stuff, but I do think it'll be a lot closer of a conversation. You know what I mean? In the years yeah. from now of like, oh yeah, Xbox does have a stable. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited. And uh, yeah, next time we're going to be doing one of these will be in the next, in the new year. I was gonna say the next year, which is also Man. correct. Just so much more confident for, for what Microsoft's doing going into that next gen. So yeah, I mean, especially Good with Jim them. Ryan now in the, uh, in the lead for PlayStation, Good that has me kind of worried. So you have to remind me, Jared. You <laughs> Sorry. Have to remind me. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this reactions episode to the Game Awards and also State of Play. <gasps> unfortunately, Jor- uh, unfortunately, Jordan. Unfortunately, Dom wasn't here. Jordan was here, thankfully. Uh, yeah, in the coming weeks, <gasps> in the coming weeks, you're going to be hearing about our most anticipated games for next year, and uh, we're also going to be talking about our predictions for 2020, and we're going to be looking back at all of the things we said about 2019 that we got wrong. <laughs> Because, you know, we mm. got more wrong than right. So that'll be fun to look at and yeah. talk about what we thought was going to happen and what didn't. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes. Leave us a review. It helps with the algorithm. Go to YouTube. Type in oh, Controlled oh, Interests. Oh, oh. We'll pop up. Subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you know when we post new videos. And hit the like uh, button if you like uh, the podcast. And lastly, on Twitter, you can follow me at Jared underscore. You can follow Jordan at Malamotus. Dom, who's not here this week, at Dom's Oreos. And you can follow us collectively at CTRLINT. That's Controlled Interests. We'll catch you guys next time. And uh, I guess, yeah, we'll talk to you once more before Christmas hits. So see you guys then. Bye. Happy holidays, mate.